to alter the pronoun there to she. But the action described here is more about Cain than Lena. Though the first time the song plays in the film, we do not know that Lena cheated on her husband. And we do not have reason to suspect that he knows about her infidelity. But afterward, we can assume that he knew, or he felt a gap between them. And so he took covert missions, left her for long periods doing things he couldn't tell her about. When he tells her goodbye before leaving to go into the shimmer, he is hesitant, like he knows what she might be up to when he is gone. Plus, he probably knows enough about the shimmer to know that he probably will not return. In the second line there, though, is the Harlequin. Going backward, the Harlequin is a character from the Italian Commedia dell'arte. The Harlequin wears a checkered costume. The Harlequin thwarts the plans of their master. The Harlequin is related to a mischievous devil from medieval passion plays. The Harlequin wears a black mask. In the context of the Crosby, Stills, and Nash lyrics, and the specific timing of that song as Lena sits on her couch grieving for her husband, now twelve months missing. The Harlequin is not real. It is a memory. As Cass later tells Lena when her, Cass's daughter, died, the person Cass was before also died. Similarly, this imaginary Harlequin is both the memory of Cain and the memory of who Lena used to be. At the end of the film, though, we see something more like a Harlequin. A black mask. Ventress. Sitting at first with her back to Lena as Lena enters the chamber beneath the lighthouse. Then Ventress turns, her face... normal. And she speaks a little strangely, like Cain when he returned home. We spoke, she says to Lena. What was it we said? Like this version of Ventress doesn't quite have Ventress's memories, but also does? Or can access them? It just takes a moment. Like Cain, when Lena asks him how he got home, he tells her, I was outside. Outside the house? No, outside the room. The room with the bed. The door was open and I saw you. I recognized you. As if this version of Cain does not really remember Lena until he sees her. Lena's Harlequin is her former self, is her missing husband, is the alien copy, is the alien formation itself. The shimmer is multicolored like the Harlequin's costume. The transformed or copied Ventress erupts with light and color. The thing that Ventress becomes is both an echo of Lena and a shadow. A shimmery, translucent mirror of Lena's actions that reminds me of the alien from Doctor Who's episode Midnight, copying someone until it begins to move first. A comedic harlequin, perhaps, mimicking for fun. Or as David Crow at Den of Geek describes Kane's duplicate, a Lovecraftian truth about how artificial his self-identity is. Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Heartlessly helping himself to her bad dreams, he worries, did he hear a goodbye, I, or even, hello? This verse is interesting because who is Lena, who is Cain? Reverse the pronouns and Lena waits at the window for Cain. In a later scene, but an earlier moment, there is an intimate and comic moment in which Cain implies that Lena just sits around pining for him when he is away. Now that he is presumed dead, though, she does just that. She wonders at the empty place inside. But whose bad dreams does she help herself to? Are the bad dreams merely the wrong she did to him by cheating? By driving him away? Daniel suggests that Lena didn't entirely presume Cain dead. She also thought maybe he just never came home because he knew she was cheating on him. 
Talking to Lomax after the events of the main plot, she also compares her early experience within the Shimmer to dreams. The Chorus They are one person They are two alone They are three together They are four each other Both a fundamentally romantic description and weirdly literal in portions of this film. The crocodile is both crocodile and shark. The plants have different types of flowers growing on the same branches. After taking Cass and killing her, tearing out her throat, the mutated bear has Cass's voice. It screams, help me, maybe as just a meaningless echo. Maybe translating its own thoughts at what has happened to it into human speech because for the first time it can. Maybe it is just as horrified by its transformation as, in that same sequence... Anya is by hers, and it wants help. Notably, it doesn't just kill them all. Off-screen, it injures Anya, but maybe just when she attacks it. Then it goes into the room with the other women, and it says help again. Ultimately, before Anya appears again to shoot at it, it bites down on Josie's shoulder, but does so lightly. There doesn't even seem to be a wound afterward. Also, when it kills Anya, it does so by tearing off her lower jaw and tearing away her tongue. Perhaps in a not-as-insane-as-it-sounds effort to express itself more clearly in the future. Except Josie shoots it and kills it. Or take the Ouroboros tattoo, for example. In the scenes with Lomax, it is a fully formed tattoo, an Ouroboros in the shape of a figure eight instead of just a circle. A symbol of both self-destruction and infinity. I'm reminded of Vulcan philosophy from Star Trek. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Or a line from Darwin that I wanted to include in a tattoo of my own, that I designed but never got. Endless forms, most beautiful and most wonderful. The tattoo appears on at least three different characters' arms. We see it briefly on Anya's arm when they are rowing through the swamp. We see it more clearly on her arm when they are arguing in the watchtower about moving further into the shimmer. On the video they find, the soldier who Kane cuts open has that tattoo on his arm. It is visible on the arm of that same soldier, now dissected and spread into the full wall display of strange life and color. And we see it forming on Lena's arm throughout the film. She identifies it as a bruise when they are rowing. She takes blood from it when they stay in the evacuated town. By the end of the story, it is her tattoo. One of our first clues about what is happening within the Shimmer. When Lena mentions echoes to Lomax, she glances at the tattoo. And aside, it amuses me that a piece at Bustle suggests that the first time we see the tattoo on Anya is the scene that she talks about her fingerprints. But Anya is wearing a long-sleeved hoodie in this scene. In the Watchtower scene, she was waving her bare arm around. The same piece also says Kane has the tattoo when his tattoo, which we see several times, is on his shoulder. And is the other soldier who has the Ouroboros. And a Sci-Fi Wire piece also cites this scene as the first time we can see the tattoo on Anya's arm and suggests that the Shimmer duplicate in the lighthouse having a tattoo means that it is the one that escapes, and not Lena, even though their positions makes this impossible. And Lena's tattoo is visible earlier in the same scene. And separate from my own gloating, which the attention to detail is as much fueled by my repeated viewing as by my own obsessiveness, there's an interesting point to be made about that final interaction between Lena and the Shimmer. Lena has effectively resisted the effects of the Shimmer by sheer force of will. She wants to leave the Shimmer while the others were all selected specifically for their self-destructive urges, 
Josie the Cutter, Anya the Addict, Cass who is grieving, Ventress who is dying. Lena wants to live, and in the end what little bit of self-destruction she has in her belongs no longer to her but to the Shimmer. It copies her movements until finally she removes that phosphorus grenade from her husband's bag and hands it to her duplicate. It forms skin and becomes a more accurate simulacrum of Lena even as she pulls the pin on that grenade and leaves the Shimmer behind to burn. And it, like so many of us according to Ventress, self-destructs by spreading the fire around rather than isolating itself. Meanwhile, the twist at the end is not really that Lena has been taken over by the Shimmer, or that the Shimmer has replaced her, but she has embraced the changes, the echo of that tattoo. One of the last things she does before she gets to see Kane again is take a drink from a glass of water, much as Kane did so much earlier in the film. That earlier glass refracted the image of Lena's hand on Kane's. It also served to reveal that he was bleeding before he told Lena that he did not feel well. This glass refracts nothing. It reveals no blood. Lena, however much she has been altered by the Shimmer, remains Lena. Or, for example, Lena and Kane and the Echo of Kane and the Echo of Lena. We have reason to believe that the Shimmer is maybe one being. It alters other beings, but it is itself something. Ventress erupts, deconstructs, and becomes a featureless humanoid the one that echoes Lena's movements and eventually her appearance. If the Shimmer is a living being, the crystalline trees formed out of the beach sand suggest that the Shimmer might not entirely be alive. If it is a singular being, then this copy of Lena, which does not get to leave, is the same being as the copy of Cain. Lena is one person, Cain is another, the Shimmer is the third. So depending on how you look at it, the final scene is the chorus to Helplessly Hoping, taken literally. They are one person, they are two alone, they are three together, they are four each other. Helplessly Hoping plays again when we see the last flashback with Kane and Lena. They sit together on the couch, but he reads a magazine, she reads a book. Together but apart. Domesticity in a nutshell. He says hey. She says hey. Cut to the shimmer. Lena moaning with grief. The final act has begun. Stand by the stairway You'll see something Certain to tell you Confusion has its cause Love isn't lying It's loose in a lady who lingers, saying she is lost and choking on her love. But in context of the song playing the first time, these lyrics are played for timing. Stand by the stairway, and there is Cain by the stairway. You'll see something, and Lena sees him. Certain to tell you confusion has its cost is a strange and backwardly accurate line about Kane's behavior at the table in the next scene, or Ventress's dialogue as she explains what is inside her in the end. But here, in this early scene, love isn't lying despite her infidelity, despite his leaving, despite his being replaced. Something brought Kane back to Lena. It's loose in a lady who lingers. She dwells on her grief, on her loss, at the expense of her own life. Seeing she is lost, though really Daniel is the one who suggests she is lost. Later, Cass's description of her own two bereavements suggests that Lena 
the leaner from before Cain left, has been lost. And choking on hello, Elena finally speaks through her shock at seeing Cain. She says his name. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Annihilation. Annihilation. 